Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, please. We've got a lovely episode this week. I'm hoovering with the Nigella Lawson coined queen of gluten-free baking, Becky Excel. She's an Instagram superstar and her first book, How to Cook Anything Gluten-Free, smashed loads of records. And the pre-sales of her new book, How to Bake Anything Gluten-Free, has also hit record highs. That's just, it's not even out yet. It's not even out till September. It's already broken loads of records with every idiot going, I love that. Can I make sure I'm having that the second it comes out? It's, it's a very popular lady, Becky is, and I'm very glad I got to talk to her. First things first, I need to remind you to come to Hoovering Live tomorrow, please. It's tomorrow, if you're listening to this as it comes out. Saturday, 17th of July, 5pm, as part of the Underbelly Festival. First Hoovering Live in person for bloody years, for obvious reasons. So I've made it a special one, and my guests are fucking Joe Brand and fucking Jay Rayner. Yeah, so I'll see you there, okay? Um, I also would like to invite you to a half-hour special, stand-up special that I'm recording for Radio 4 called Powerhouse, based on my last show, Hench. I'm recording that on the 28th of July at the Up the Creek Comedy Club in Greenwich. It's totally free. You can just apply to be in the audience. I think because restrictions will have eased a bit, you can have quite a juicy audience. So there is room if you would like to come. It's like a reworked half-hour version of that show. Um, I'd absolutely love to have you there. If you go to SRO Audiences and Current Shows, you can find it on that list. Also, 
I am taking Hench on tour at the end of July um, from the 24th of July through to the 10th of August. Um, a bunch of dates, all of them I've kept socially distanced and they are all selling out real fast. So hurry up and come to them. Some places, most places, in fact, I'm going to. I'm doing two shows so that we can fit everyone in, even though they're distance. Links to everything I've mentioned there, the Hoovering Live, the Half Hour Special, and all of Hench's tour dates, as well as any other live stuff I've got going on, as ever, are going to be in the podcast notes. Wherever you got this podcast from, anything that's written in capital letters is a link to whatever it's talking about. Please use those so it makes it worth me spending ages writing them up. Thanks. Thanks for listening also to Hoovering, by the way. It helps other people find out about the podcast if you say, hello, please might I tell you about this podcast called Hoovering? Also, you can tell other people about it by subscribing to it uh, or by giving it a five-star review. P- thank you for doing those things. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, you'd also be bloody welcome. Go to patreon.com forward slash Pod and you'll see excellent Hoovering-related stuff I will give you in exchange for your actual pennies from as little as two quid a month, stuff like guest recipes and discount tickets to the live shows like the one I was just on about there with Jay Rayner and Joe Brand, actually. Right, Becky and I hoovered over Zoom because we're in different counties. She's in Essex, I'm in London. Um, But we both ate lunches made from her recipes. And as you'll hear, I was particularly bowled over by mine. Very smug. Um, Oh, it was delish. Um, We get quite deep into everything topic-wise, from anorexia and recovery, right through to my, at the time, startlingly recent experience of spilling a freshly poured hot coffee onto my own vagina area. Anyway, that's the way, isn't it, with this podcast? So you're probably used to the juxtaposition of the... I was going to say the ridiculous and the sublime. The the serious. The serious and the tuppence searing. Thanks for doing this. That's all right. I am... And thank you so much for having a... For letting me have a copy of this, Guy. How to make anything (laughs) gluten-free! Yeah, I've got mine here as well. I'm glad you like it. I love it. Well, and we've made, well, I've made lunch out of it. And um, I zhuzhed yep. it up. I, I've made halloumi and courgette uh, muffins. Oh, they look nice. Thanks. Well, you, yeah. you invented them. I made <laughs> True, them last but... night. And I made them last night alongside dinner. And um, mm-hmm. they look so good, I had to breathe two in. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they've, I, they make, it makes 12, that recipe. But um, yeah. in a house of two adults, one five-year-old, they've all gone. So I've had to yeah, add... I can imagine. I've had to add an element to make oh, what it What have you got on the side? Lunch. I've done fennel. It was, it was tired, tired little fennel bulb in my <laughs> fridge. I've fried a bit of fennel. Yeah. I've added some peas and I've grated a bit of orange zest in because I'm out of more conventional lemons or limes to be fair that sounds quite fancy i don't it know sounds, is that fancy i think or it sounds it, almost it bougie sounds but it could be yeah. it could be disgusting and i've yeah. heated these back up a bit i'm really oh, excited about oh, it oh, and I, well i have i've baked yeah, something as well got? actually Woo-hoo. well i baked yesterday i got something very exciting in the post Ooh. i got my second book <gasps> in the post get the first in. copy of the second book like literally it's like the only one in existence, I think. Um, I so in. I decided to have a look in there, yeah. and I baked some. I baked some bread. Oh, lovely! Because I was like, you know, yeah. So I baked some nice soda bread. It's like mm. cheesy. It's 
it's literally covered in i've literally just put butter on it because it's covered in cheese Sick. it's got loads of herbs in it oh. it's just yeah oh, it so it's, like it's literally came out the oven about an, an hour ago oh we get yeah, in pretty, pretty much oh we've got a nice life haven't we we have. It's not what bad, is it? Life. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on this. So, second book coming out, and is it like hasn't it even on pre-sales already? Blooming, smash loads of records. It's, yeah, it's done. It's done a bit stupidly well. Like I don't ever like saying that because it just doesn't. It doesn't feel right. You've got a brag. It's, it's awesome. Woohoo! I'm, I'm not the bragger. But um, yeah, no, it got to number one in the Amazon book charts as soon as I announced it. So not Get just the, the food, the whole in. the whole thing. And it's gluten free, which to me, I never thought, yeah. you know, there would be that many people who would want to buy it because I, you just don't think about it like that. But yeah, it's it's gone mad. So I'm just, I'm over the moon. <laughs> I'm smug getting to chat to you. I love it. Queen of gluten free stuff. Oh, I, I, I've had celiac guests in the past on the podcast um and um well actually especially on when sometimes when I do like live ones of the podcast and there's like a panel of people and I'm, I'm getting the food from somewhere you know external like a restaurant or from a bunch of perhaps like independent little local bakeries or whatnot yeah yeah it's actually I hadn't realized quite how properly fucking terrifying it can be for people <laughs> who actually like you're going to have this incredible like if you do eat it's not like oh you know it's not for, for them it's not like an intolerance it's not a health choice it's a case of like no your body actually has a massively awful detrimental reaction if they have any gluten so it really opened my eyes the fact that I was having to go around to these places and go like no it, and 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 them going oh no it's not a gluten-free kitchen and being like oh crikey okay there's to be a whole gluten-free kitchen this yeah, isn't like a, this so isn't like a faddy choice yeah but how did you end up getting into gluten-free baking basically I was at university and mm. one day I I was eating gluten, I was eating bread, I was eating yeah. favourite food in the world, bread. Mm. And then suddenly I started feeling really rough. Like, yeah. basically, I think it was sort of, you know, you're going out at uni and then afterwards you're eating all the cheesy chips and all the kebabs and all this stuff. And I yeah. was just feeling absolutely horrendous, worse than you can think of, worse than like hangover, like just absolutely awful the following day. Mm. Um, so I went to the doctors and they were basically like, I think you should give up gluten. So it was literally an overnight kind of thing that really? I suddenly didn't eat gluten yeah. ever again. And that was about 12 years ago. Oh, my God. Um, OK. So so it's been a long time. And yeah. like obviously life has uh, progressed. Foods mm-hmm. are better now. There's, there's a lot more choice and everything. But I still, yeah. especially back then, it was it was really hard to suddenly, you know, I used to eat Domino's pizza with my flat. Mm-hmm. And then I was just not able to eat it, and I'd just be the one sitting on the side, just oh, like, no! you know, it's, yeah. it isn't just about the food. It's so much about just that social side of it and everything. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean? Like, well, you suddenly can't eat, yeah, what everyone else can eat. You know? Yeah, heartbreaking, especially as a student. I think um, it must be similar, actually, to I mean, a bunch of people are spoken to you know, full, full on vegans. And they're like, the world has changed so dramatically in the last five years of people waking up to the fact that like, you are really excluding people if you don't have some gluten-free and some vegan stuff on your range. 
guys in restaurants yeah. running the restaurants I hope you're listening but um how did you get in, how did you get into like food writing and inventing recipes generally I don't ever know what the official term is is it chef is it is it she's a food inventor food wizard yeah I'm, I'm definitely not a chef I'm definitely okay. nothing fancy never been taught how to cook yeah. um it was except if you cast like my my food tech teacher at school right. um but it yeah. was more just like I started out of real frustration right. so it was yeah. just you know I couldn't eat stuff mm. and so it, it wasn't even like a huge huge absolute I love cooking thing yeah. although I, I was always quite passionate and I quite you know I like cooking with my mum in the kitchen but it was more that suddenly I couldn't eat stuff and I was not having that I just didn't want to miss out on all these foods so I decided to try and recreate stuff yeah that you know so I didn't miss out um and then it seemed to just go from there that I started doing that and then I started writing them up online and then people started finding them. And then you suddenly realize that there are so many people in exactly that same position. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and they haven't written recipes up and stuff. So they're, they're completely lost. There could be people who've just been like diagnosed and just have no food and feel very depressed. Um, yeah. And so I seem to, I seem to just catch people at the right time um, and just, you know, just make it easier for them, which has always been the aim. So yeah, the recipes came to help me and then they seem to help everyone else in the process so it was, it was pretty cool actually it's very cool and um I have to say like I've got no idea whether like I I've I've cooked gluten-free for a few guests on the podcast um pancakes that I fucked up nothing to do with the fact they were gluten-free <laughs> <laughs> and other things have been Love it. bought externally but these I am um, these sorts of muffins are the sorts of things I would make all the time, not all the time, a bit more when my son was younger, actually, because it's a really good, they're freezeable, yeah. aren't they? And they're so easy. Yeah, exactly. And they're mm. such a great way of, I love vegetables, but they're a great way of getting vegetables into somebody who doesn't love vegetables because you can just put your bit yeah, of exactly. leftover any they're old, hidden, mo- almost every veg in there. Yeah, can't you? If you grate it, get it in there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and it's a great way of using yeah. veg up, I think, as well. Like, especially at certain times mm. of year, stuff like courgettes, which are like in these, there's just an abundance, isn't it? But, um, they, well, yeah, uh, that, was, that was the thing. Like yeah. with me, with with me with courgettes, I'm just looking outside, and we we've grown. Like my boyfriend's obsessed. Like nice. he he's got this obsession with growing. He he doesn't like flowers. He doesn't <laughs> like plants, but he likes growing vegetables. So right. we just have this sort of garden that most of the year looks pretty grim because it's yeah. just like soil everywhere. <laughs> and then he just loves to put all these like courgette plants. So we've got I don't know. We've probably got about six or seven, and our garden's not very big. Right. And, in a few weeks, it's going to be like the whole fridge is just going to be full of courgettes. So that's where this recipe kind of came from okay. was, you know, him just going a bit potty with the courgette plants. I and uh, I and, grew uh, my own good. courgettes once um, in my back garden, in my old house. And um, my mm. partner at the time, I was going away to the Edinburgh Festival for all of August. And I went, look... I think they're going pretty strong. Like, can you keep an eye on them? Because I, I like courgettes, but I'm not that fussed about marrows. Like, can you just yeah, keep yeah. an eye? And um, every, like once a week, I'd be like, and if you checked the garden and, and watered it and everything, and he'd go, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing there. And, um, and I got back and he said, "This, I, I'm so sorry to tell you, but there's like three courgettes on the whole two plants. And I was like, oh, right. And I went out the garden. There were three as yeah. well as a marrow as big as an adult woman's oh thigh, just like a log, just led oh. out all along the the grass. I was like, uh, I'm not sure how you 
didn't trip over it, let alone just missed it. What, so he didn't pick it? <laughs> he didn't even seen it. It's like he couldn't, it's like he had oh a blind God. spot for the Mega Marrow. Yeah, I could barely pick it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're not nice either. They're, they're just full no, it's of seeds. Like, exactly, it's like a shit, flavourless, watery version of a lovely courgette. Anyway, congrats yeah, exactly. on your courgette growing. And oh, I just want to, like, I, I'm not just saying this. These, are, so I make savoury muffins quite often yeah i used to make them really often i love them i've these are without doubt the best ones i've ever made i'm genuinely not just saying that they're so light and they're so moist grim word but i mean it and the halloumi (laughs) i know but also they reheat really well the smell of the halloumi it's so, it's really, that salt from it is just lush, isn't it? It goes together so well, doesn't it? Yeah. And they're yeah. springy and they're, oh, they've level up. They're real level up. I'm quite jealous now. Really into them. <laughs> and what is this? Yeah. It's, it's soda bread. Is it quite hard, like a rye bread? I'm not sure if I've had soda bread. Not in so oh, bad old Soda memory. bread, yeah. So it's, uh, it's not yeasted. So there's no right. yeast in it. Okay. The rice, obviously, it's not a huge amount of rice, but the rice comes from bicarbonate soda. Okay. So it's, I think it's like an Irish bread. I think it's really popular yeah. in Ireland. Like they love their. I was going to try and do an Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the bread, I can't do yeah. that at all. Um, so, <laughs> I think that's like Ronan Keating was on the yeah. call for a minute there, Becky. It's amazing. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's just a really simple bread because. Mm. You know, I find that sometimes people just want something simple. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to like prove it for hours. They don't want to, no. you know. I love, um, you know, proper proper bread. Yeah. Like in terms of gluten free, like I like to prove my bread for ages, but I don't think everyone else does. I think people just yeah. want want a slice. So this only yeah. takes sort of like half an hour to sit there, put it in the oven nice. for about twenty five minutes, and it's done. So Lush. it's good. Can you talk to yes. me about your process? Like when you're inventing recipes for for a book, I understand it sounds like where it all started from. It's like you probably started with right, what's the stuff I miss that you yeah. ended up making? But it, what I, I suppose more for in terms of like the second book, then what's your process in terms of like do you do like recipe testing? Do you have a team? Do you? I have don't to have do a team. God, <laughs> I, I wish I had a team. Wouldn't I, I know we can't all be Otterlenghi, but at least no, he credits exactly. his team. But yes. <laughs> no, so for me, where I start is I start by going to like my followers and mm-hmm. everyone who online who follows me and I ask them sneakily without saying, oh, I'm creating a book because I want it to be mm-hmm. a surprise later down the line. I'm like, what Lovely. do you really miss? Nice. Um, and I get them to just, you'll get hundreds and hundreds of responses. It can be a bit uh, overwhelming. I remember oh when God, I, yeah. before I had my kid, I remember putting once on Facebook, what pram should I get then? And oh, was God. Like about 300 responses later yeah. from strangers. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah, surprised so- your second book isn't bigger. No, it's, uh, yeah. I, was, I was restricted. Honestly, yeah. I, I, it was, it's, I think it's about 105 recipes. I gave oh in yeah. 135 and I was told, no, sorry, you can't have all those in it. Yeah. So no one's got go time down. for that. You'll never get to do a third book. No, <laughs> Everyone exactly. will be in their like, 80s going, I'm still finishing book two. <laughs> That's what some people have said already with book one. They've been like, you know, oh, I'm not ready for book two yet. I'm still, I'm still getting through it. They want to hurry up know. and eat more, don't they, mate, to be exactly. honest? Yeah. Crack but yeah, on. with the... Um, <laughs> With the testing and stuff, yeah. I get all the I get all these 
things i actually get my boyfriend to put it well he he chooses to put it in a spreadsheet for me so he literally puts it all in a I love spreadsheet. the sound of this courgette growing spreadsheet keeping boyfriend. i know he's great isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so it, he puts it all in a spreadsheet i see which ones are the most popular yeah and then i just sort of go through them and some of them work some of them don't mm-hmm. usually most of the things are generally things that people have missed so stuff that you know with gluten-free people it it's it's stuff like from takeaways fast right. food and stuff like that so i'll get people saying i miss kfc so then i'll make my own version of kfc that they can right. have because they haven't been able to have it for ages yeah. um but it takes because it's of just course. little old me is that because flour is one of the um secret 11 ingredients yeah it is mm. <laughs> so uh and i don't know if you know but the other problem i have is that i can't eat two of the best ingredients in the whole entire world i as well as gluten i can't eat onion and I can't okay. eat garlic. Uh, so, I mean, they, it's just a nightmare. So I made the books entirely onion and garlic free as well. Because obviously I need to be able to... Yeah, you can't not test the stuff. No, yeah, yeah. so uh, so that's why I, I was always a bit worried. Because I was like, you know, not everyone who buys the books is going to be onion and garlic free. No. But they, uh, I think, like you said, with the, the muffins... You no. don't realise there's no garlic in them. You don't miss it, do you? No, I don't miss it. And often with these muffin recipes... If there is garlic involved, it's that powdered garlic, which is so rough and oh, takes God, over yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. No, so I'm relieved there's none of that in there that I'd have had to have <laughs> pretended to like that. And I'm yeah, exactly. genuine about loving it as it is. Also, oh, so there's chives. There's chives in this guy. Could yeah, you have I eaten love, those? I love chives. Chives yes. are like the onion alternative, really. Yes. So I have them. I We've got so many chives in the garden. I just grow them, grow them, grow them. Yeah, and uh, they taste like onion, but they're not onion. So they taste like onion, but they're not onion. I had an Austrian nana, and chives make me think of her. She would like they'd be very <laughs> finely chopped chives in these amazing like stock-based soups. When I was growing up, also once we had a pot of chives in my like we had a tiny yard where I lived with my mum, like as in a corner of someone else's garden that probably yeah, got yeah. attached to our house, like this little <laughs> courtyard. But it's enough to have big pots of herbs in. And I loved chives so much, Becky, that once on my way out to school, I just like just pinched a few off the top of the <laughs> chive plant and nibbled them on my way to school. And oh, then wow. later was lucky enough to be invited to a game of um, spin the bottle down yeah. the bluey. And <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> a, a, a very a now absolutely lovely grown up man. Obviously, I mean, we are the same age, but a boy called Matthew said... I'm not kissing her because her breath stinks and I was oh, mortified. God. I can so, imagine. Yeah. I And I was like, how has it happened? And I remember going to my mum, didn't tell her about the spin the bottle, but did say, yeah. that was so sad, my breath stinks. And she was very sweet and was like, okay, I hope you haven't got halitosis. She went out and bought me all these mouthwashes. But what I hadn't put two and two together is you need to stop eating tall eating green shards of onion stench on your wet, <laughs> like, like the, literally undoing every bit of teeth cleaning that you'd done that morning. Oh my Unbelievable God. silliness from me. That, that's crazy though. Like at that age, I wouldn't touch anything green, and let alone something in the garden. I, I was such, as a kid, I was such a fussy eater. It was ridiculous. Well, yeah. As a anything teenager gr- even. Up until, yeah, probably up until about 14, 15, I yeah. wouldn't eat salad. I wouldn't eat any fruit except apple cut up. Like it was ridiculous. I, it, I've, I've come so far in the last 15 years, but it was I was a nightmare. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember, well, my parents always tell me that I was fine up until I was about two years old. And then when I was able to speak, I just went one day, Mummy, I don't want to eat that anymore. <laughs> and I never, and I just refused to eat stuff. And I just, oh, no. it just went, and it was awful. Like, my brother was like the, 
the best child because he'd eat everything. And then there was little old me, like peas and carrots. I'd sniff a sprout and then put it down and be like, oh, it's disgusting. I, I used to sniff everything. It was awful. But now I, I completely regret it because now there's lots of food I can't eat and yeah. I literally can't have it. And I'm like, why, when I was a kid, did I not just eat those things? Because now I can't have them. So I love it. it's annoying. But... And is your brother still into eating everything? Oh, God, yeah. He is, yeah. Uh, he's about six foot four. Okay, fair play. He's, he's big and he, he loves his food. Yay. <laughs> oh, yeah, how funny. And I, th- I can't imagine, I've got a kid who's five and he's so far yet to be fussy. Every now and again, he'll be like, this, you've, this, this mains is disgusting. <laughs> And he'll be sort of quite brutal about it, but luckily he still puts it away. Or enough yeah. of it away to think, well, some some nutrients have passed into your system. It's so <laughs> tricky, isn't it? I, I had a cousin, well, I have a cousin who, when she was little, was really fussy. And we all just sort of watched going, I can't believe she's she's getting away with this. She's just having... Yeah. It was, she had, all she would eat for about three years were those crisp breads. Oh, yeah. Those like beige ones mm. with spread, a slice of ham... And about three dots of pickle. And it had to probably be those three dots, right? Exactly. Exactly. We're, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I um, had and a now cousin. She everything. I had a cousin. Well, I do have a cousin who, yeah. when she was younger, the only thing she'd eat was Dairy Lee sandwiches. <laughs> Literally, Dairy Lee sandwiches. That's, she'd come around for like at Christmas mm. and we'd have, she would have Dairy Lee sandwiches at On Christmas. Christmas. I'm not even joking. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't say this. She'd be so embarrassed. I'll, I'll make sure she doesn't listen to this because. <laughs> She's got to own it. You've got to take responsibility for I these behaviours. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it, but that's, that's what happened. <laughs> that's amazing, isn't it? Like, there's always, everybody always knows someone who has ketchup on their Christmas dinner and it's like, oh, no! God, yeah. <laughs> I love it. in my tongue. I know from our like pre-record chats um, but that you do some amazing um, work for a charity called Beat. I think they're yes. incredible too. Um, they do such amazing work. I, I've got a live show of this podcast coming up and um, h- half the um, ticket profits are going to them. I've, oh, wow. uh, I've actually never had any communications direct with them but I am aware that um, that I don't want to go into too much detail about their work necessarily because they are rightly very careful. They're an eating disorder charity, aren't they, basically? Yeah, exactly. And they help people with disordered eating, but they're very cautious about how you describe their work. But if you're interested in them, essentially, you can um, please do look them up and everything is on their website about the sorts of work that they do. But I'd love to talk about your connection to them, if possible. Yeah, so basically, um, I have an eating disorder um, about seven or eight years ago mm-hmm. I, I went up in my early 20s I had a terrible eating disorder I had anorexia uh-huh. um it was it was at the very beginning of when I started my food writing so mm-hmm. it kind of overlapped I, I started doing my blog then yeah. I got this eating disorder so I had to give up my blog for a year because it was oh, just really? it, it was just too I was you gonna know, say I, they're too it's it's yeah, not right yeah it doesn't really they hard. don't they don't go together because I was just I mean in a way they should because I was obsessed with food I was literally yeah. It was it was that horrible thing of, you know, I was obsessed with exercise and then I wouldn't eat anything. And then I would binge crazily because I hadn't eaten, you know, like yeah. it, it just doesn't. It's this never ending cycle that went on and it was the hardest time ever. It was ridiculous. And I mean, yeah. I, I would still say that I'm in like recovery now. I don't think it ever really goes away. No, I hear you. Yeah. Um, but 
I didn't really tell anyone about it beside like my family who obviously knew and my boyfriend who knew um, for years and years. And then about three or four years ago, I spoke to B and was like, I want to sort of tell my story. So they said, oh yeah, you can write something for the website. So I wrote something for the website, just sort of telling the world about my eating disorder. Um, Because I I really wanted to do it the right way. I felt like it's far too difficult. Like it's easy to say things slightly wrong or say something triggering and, you know, just give people like even little tips on how to do Bad things to, to, to eat in a disordered way. I, yeah, I, have exactly. a, I have a similar thing on this podcast. I have a, a history of disordered eating um, as well, but also I have learned so much during this podcast over three years now. But I think when I first started, I'd be like, oh, whatever, you know, whoever's listening, they know it's a podcast about eating or whatever. But these days it's like, no, I have to be incredibly careful. You, there yeah. are so many things that can really upset the apple cart so easily for so many people who are having a hard time that actually... I kind of always flag it if I'm going to go down that road conversationally and talk about people's because I always talk about people's history of eating with them. Of course, ho- yeah. Hopefully, it's um, yeah, but exactly like you're saying, it's it's so worth going about it the right way because th- the whole world is full of unhelpful noise. Yeah. The the least you can do if you're you know on a a, a positive, happy, recovery ish path is at least put the right make sure you're putting the right noise into the world about it well, exactly so yeah. that's really what I've tried to do and then mm. I've every year since then I've just tried to each year I talk a little bit more about my eating disorder give yeah. sort of you know my recovery process one year sort of some of the more signs what to expect what to you know what for my boyfriend how he felt I made him do some sort of content and videos like because people never see it from that side of like yeah the parent, the boyfriend, this, how, because it, it, it's kind of like they have an eating disorder at the same time because it's so all encompassing and it kind of just takes over everyone's life who knows you. So they just really helped me to get that story out. And then I've raised yeah. a lot of money for them Get in. Um, and stuff. So it's, it's been really good actually, because I, I just, I appreciate them so much. They're so, it's, they're so important. And there's so many people out there who, like you say, have disordered eating, but, they don't even really know about it or they struggle with it. And I I just, I just really feel like a lot more needs to be done. So helping them is, you know, one of the best ways. Yeah. I think it's been particularly, we're talking post immediate, almost immediately, hopefully post pandemic. And, um, and it's been a particularly rocky couple of years for so many people. And at one point I think beats were quite openly like, please, can you donate to us? (laughs) We are so inundated in a way that we never have been before by people in crisis. So if you're listening to this now, donate to Beat as well as getting Becky's new book. Yep. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing yeah. that. I mean, that stuff with us as well, with me as well. Like, I think it's, um, I have got so used to talking so flippantly about my sort of never-endingly complex, but better than it's ever been relationship with eating. Yeah. I can all too easily be flippant um about it because actually it takes ages and also you if it, like you say the recovery goes on and on but also you can um there's stuff you won't realize until six yeah. years on or seven years on and then you'll be like oh no, i have had this new thought about it actually um, oh god yeah i think especially if you continue working in food and it's amazing to um you know to be working it to be working in food like writing cookbooks and stuff like that 
Um, on the one hand, it's like, oh my God, you've clearly come so far to be, you know, at peace with stuff enough to be yeah, yeah. happy working in that world. And on the other hand, and I'm only saying this, I mean, I could be totally wrong. From my experience, I'd be like, yeah, it's so great. And, 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 and 90% of doing a podcast once a week about eating keeps me on track. But there is a 10% where you're like, oh, this is risky. <laughs> you know, it is keeping it in my head yeah. all the time. So, yeah, how do you find that? I, I find I have to keep a real eye on it and every now and again go, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off from the eating podcast or the reading all the people's books about eating or, the you know, yeah. because actually, I don't know. I, yeah, I find I have to, every now and again, I have to arm's length it and kind of um, block book guests so that I can put it all to one side for a month here and there and not make sure I'm not obsessing about mm. things again. Yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. Like, I, even though like I'm testing recipes and stuff all the time and you think it, mm. should, it would be fun sometimes I really struggle with it and I'm just yeah. like you know especially with my sort of relationship where I was essentially starving myself and then binging and stuff like that you know if I have a load of food in the house and it all looks great I yeah. can so easily just go a bit mad still sometimes and I, I yeah. definitely have to hold myself back um yeah. and I think I think you know stuff like this happens really badly when you're stressed so yeah. when I'm creating a book and I'm Megaly, yeah. like my deadlines are coming and I'm yeah. things are going wrong and it's just sitting there and I'm just like oh my god what is going on like that's the point where it's most dangerous for me and I yeah. sort of go back into those bad habits so it's it's kind of like a love hate it's more of a love relationship with it all but there's definitely yeah. this sort of like you say five percent where I kind of still not hate it but I really struggle with it and yeah where you go I've got to keep an eye on this I think you you have to learn you have it's like you have to talk to yourself you have to be like for god's sake sort your (laughs) life out you know Uh, (laughs) I think I think one of the things I I wouldn't however much I hated having an eating disorder in a way I don't regress it and I wouldn't change it because it's taught me a lot about food Mm. and I feel like I'm in this much better space with food now that I feel like some people kind of just got almost bad but didn't get quite bad and they're stuck there in this cycle Mm. whereas for me I sort of I saw what it was and I got to rock bottom and therefore I know how bad it can be so now I'm so much better and so much more I don't know just understanding with food so but obviously still struggle a little bit it's amazing it's so amazing it's uh there are so many things where actually you have to you have to get to the you absolutely have to get to the roots of the horror of it and then it's like Mm. and Never going there again. Thank you very much. Thank mm. you. <laughs> Delicious. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm going to ask you some more sorts of silly things now. Okay. That's okay. Good. Um, has there ever? What's the best tasting but worst looking food you've ever had? Ooh, best tasting but worst looking. Hmm, that's hard. Yeah, I suppose as well. When you're in like the business of designing recipes and stuff, it all has to look a bit nice. It's probably yeah. been ages since you had just some like no, mucky to, to old be honest, porridge. It's- <laughs> no to be honest I am the sort of person who although the food in the pictures in the book looks great I like the food that I serve up on our plates every yeah. night does not look it looks like slop you know yeah. it, it looks properly like especially in the winter and stuff when we're having mm. like s- stuff from the slow cooker and it's yeah. just like you just you just pour a whole load of stew on your plate and yeah. you got this mash and you don't really care how it looks you don't present it nicely no. so probably I would say that's just the answer to that is most of my meals that I cook for dinner. <laughs> Good <laughs> for you. Good honesty. Also, I think mash is a great example. Mash is so hard to make look fit. And, and like, who actually at home on a Wednesday is piping that shit into the? Oh God, you never. Know, no one. None. Not you or me. <laughs> no, exactly. My my stuff does. It does look a bit. It just. It just sort of, it's like a lasagna, for instance. I yeah. find something like a lasagna. I love a lasagna. Mm. I can never make it look nice. It just no. looks like, so I get it out and I never understand how you can get all these nice layers and look all perfect. When no. I put it out, it sort of all just collapses and slides all over the plate. And it's just like, I don't really care because it tastes good. So yeah. <laughs> whatever. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, do you live in Essex, is it? I do. I live in Colchester yeah. in Essex. Yeah. Oh, uh, and and what's the eating scene like there? I don't feel like I know anything about. Is there like good places to go and eat in Colchester? Oh no, yeah. <laughs> no. It's I think the, I think the problem is is that we're not that far from London. Yeah. So on the on the train to Liverpool Street is yeah. about forty forty five minutes. Yeah. So because of that, I feel like everything's there. Yeah. And out here, we're basically told get on the train to eat good food. Otherwise, yeah. just <clears throat> eat stuff at home. It's, it's, we've, we've got all the chain restaurants. And that probably helped you get so good at cooking. Yeah, to be fair, I think it did. So so we've just got, you know, we've got our Pizza Express and our Frankie and Benny's, but that's not really one where I want to eat, especially after lockdown. Okay. I want to go, I really, I don't want to go and eat that sort of food. I want to go and eat something really special and really nice. Yeah. Um, and we haven't really been up to London much um since lockdown only a couple of times so i feel like not I'm, long now. I'm eager and yeah yeah i'm desperate just to get on the train and go and explore so yeah yeah oh, culture is not it. great to be fair it's funny isn't it sometimes you <laughs> it, it there are you there are places i ask because i just don't know i've got family in um braintree and i know there's not a lot going on oh, there yeah. but culture's just like no, braintree's not. cooler bigger 
sister, isn't it, really? So I thought maybe it would so? be somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? That's the vibes it's going to Yeah, it's better than Braintree. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've lived here my whole life. I'm like... Fair play. It's okay. <laughs> Um, I shouldn't say that. If someone listens who lives there, they'll they'll come and knock on my door. Do you mind? You've got a really nice. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a really nice theatre in Colchester. Uh, it's like a circular one. Yeah, that's nice. I've had nice yeah, gigs in nice. there. That's, yeah, no, that's really nice there. Maybe they do an off decent sandwich. But I have to admit, last time I was there, <laughs> we did get Pizza Express, so we can't knock it. Yeah. Nothing exactly. wrong. Nothing wrong with that. It does that. a job, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does a job. Apart from them weird ones they do with raisins on. They don't oh, warn God. you. They've got, a ra- they've got a weird raisins pizza. Yeah. Avoid that. I, I know. Don't like raisins in anything. Let Me alone on a neither. pizza. Exactly. Get lost, raisins pizza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, five second rule: yes or no. Depends where I am. I guess. Mm-hmm. I. And it's what the food is as well. Like yeah. if the food is. I don't know, something, if it's the lot, if I had a big bowl of profiteroles and there was loads still in the bowl, if I dropped one on the floor, I'd be like, okay, I probably won't have that. But if it was the very last profiteroles, then yeah. I'd pick it up and eat it and I'd just be like, whatever. But I, I do have a dog, so there is a lot, enough. there's a lot of, uh, I think since we've had a dog, yeah, the dirt from the dog is, uh, <laughs> kind of makes me think twice. <laughs> also, presumably, give it five seconds and the dog's probably already had it. They scrumdiddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Hangover, what what's your go-to thing to eat to help with that? Either nothing, which sounds awful, but it's just like right. sometimes I just can't face a thing and I just want to lie down and sleep. Or anything potato-based, I think. Nothing. Potatoes just like chips, crisps, potato smileys, something like that, and that does me. I do believe whoever invented the hash brown probably was um, caring for someone with regular hangovers. That feels like it was invented specifically so. for the I hangover. love a hash brown. Mm. Yeah. It is one of the best things. Um, I would say America is the best hash browns I've ever had. Like, they're just better. Their hash browns are better. Really? Or McDonald's. Oh, no, Ma- so McDonald's classy. hash browns yeah. are amazing. They're also gluten-free. So they are, they're just... Are they? Yeah, they're gluten-free. It's the dream, honestly. Ding dong. I didn't realise that baking powder wasn't all gluten-free. Why have they got fucking gluten in the baking powder, some of these guys? I know. I think, basically, if you I ever see, like... Dr. Dr. Otica, whatever it's called, one. Yeah, that, these, that's, and fine. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's stupid, but basically, if you see wheat flour or gluten or whatever in a product, it's generally because they're trying to make it cheaper. And it's right. just like bulking it out. Like, there's no point oh, to it. I see. And they're just like, you know, baking powder costs more, wheat flour doesn't. Let's just mix them together and make some sort of mess. And it's just a waste. Bloody hell. Um, I know. Have you ever eaten anything while it was still alive? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> question. Um, I guess I've probably eaten a fly. Yeah. <laughs> or two, or maybe a spider. Yeah, lovely. Uh, but I don't, I don't know, like, uh, stuff like oysters and stuff, are they alive when you eat them? Or oh, are they I not? think they might be, actually. I never know yeah, stuff like that. that's a great answer. Do you like oysters? I bloomin' hate oysters, actually. Do I'm you? a big oyster hater. It's Well, oh, is, Essex has got, like, amazing oysters, hasn't it, as well? Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really annoying. But, um, no, I, I had one 
um, when I was in Spain once, and oh yeah. my god, it was just like it was just like salty water. Like I, I just, yeah. I, I don't, to me, I don't get it because you just swallow it, like yeah. you don't enjoy it. But I don't know. I what do you think? Voice three is? chomps, three bites, aren't you? And then swallow it. I, I, I like them, um, yeah. but I feel like really aware that it's perverse. Yeah. To like them. There's nothing objectively to like. No. It's essentially like this. It's so intense and I can fully understand why most people would hate it. I love salt. Like I'm an absolute bastard <laughs> for salt, like a big old salt tooth. So yeah. that's why I like them, basically. And I like yeah. seafood and I like salt and I love chilli and I love them with a bit of Tabasco and like real, real sharp vinegar um, and so just those sort of salt, basically like the most intense salt and vinegar with a tiny bit of heat kick you could possibly have. Also, I think they represent for me like having a very snazzy time. <laughs> they're like a yeah. treat, they're, like they're posh as fuck. And I know it's weird because I know that in some parts of the world and even in some parts of the UK, like they are a staple part of people's diet yeah, and yeah. stuff. So, but for me, they're bougie AF and they represent oh, a very treaty time. Yeah. Well, that's- that's the thing. I wanted to like them. It was one yeah. of those things where I'm like, oh, I'd just love to be able to just sit at an oyster bar, have some oysters, have some champagne, enjoy life. And it's like, oh, God, no. It's so, no, big no for me. You. I'm sorry. Fair play. No. Good honesty. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, have you ever used food for anything other than eating, for example, as a weapon or a prank? Um, I... I have. <laughs> I, I, it, feels, it seems awful. I've, I've definitely, as a kid, had a fight with my brother and nice. thrown butter at him. I remember nice. throwing butter at my brother. So I, I don't know if he'd uh, want to admit that he threw stuff back at me or I should be admitting that. But we were about eight years old. So oh. I, think, I think at that age you can throw a butter. bit of butter. <laughs> Do you say butter or batter? Butter. Butter. Just a pat yeah. of butter. Still quite yeah. hard from the fridge, so that it worked quite well as a sort of brick. Or no, it was, it was a bit more soft. It was a bit oh. soft, so in a way, it was kind of worse. Like it didn't hurt, but it just made a mess. So oh, all stuck all on you. Just this yeah, I morning, actually, I um, accidentally poured a hot cup of coffee directly into my own crotch. That was oh bad. my god! How did you yeah. manage that? I just mishandled the mug. <laughs> <laughs> And I was in my gym gear and I had a white T-shirt on. Of course I did. Oh, God. So that got all coffee up the, up, up the undertum. And, um, and then I, I had shorts on that were quite like, you know, like gym material. So they dry out. So I was like, right, get them off. Yeah, yeah. My partner wasn't awake <laughs> yet. So I, it meant I had to sit for a bit. I had to get my pants off because they were soaked in coffee. I'm not sure why I'm telling you all this. And then, so I had to Love sit that. in my T-shirt and trainers, but no pants, no pants or shorts. <laughs> for 45 minutes waiting for them to dry and then because I didn't want to wake her up and then in the end I was like right we had about 10 minutes to go for the gym so I woke her up and I went and I changed my t-shirt and my pants but I thought it'd be fine to put the shorts back on but it meant I spent the whole gym class (laughs) stinking of coffee like it stank of not dry coffee on my undercarriage yeah but there we go I mean it's not it's probably not the most unclassy thing I've ever stunk of especially in a gym so I'll take it yeah, I was going to say coffee isn't the worst, is it? No, it's a nice, at <laughs> least it's a nice smell. You just don't expect it to be emanating off a woman's body, do you, in a gym at 10am? No, not down go. there either. So No, not down there. <laughs> what What was I thinking? 
It's luckily I live in a bit of South East London called Catford where no one judges anyone for anything because it's, 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 it's an absolute freak show. I, fit, I just fitted right in. Um, this is a bit of a random question. And if you don't have an answer, don't worry, I'll reframe it. But like, what do you think the most futuristic thing you've ever eaten is? Or do you have any particularly like... Do you have any opinions or hopes or worries about where eating will go generally in the future? Um, I guess worries, I would say I'm still a bit concerned about the whole calorie thing recently. Yeah. So I've, I'm, I'm, restaurants keep wanting to put calories on their menus or the government wants restaurants government to have calories on their menus. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's that's a way that I'm quite worried that it will go. I would I would really hate for them to do that because I think that's so damaging, not just to people who are struggling now, but just everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think no one needs to know how bad their food is for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just well, that's how it's going to be couched, isn't it? That's the problem. I couldn't agree more passionately about that calorie business. I, I think I, I feel personally, I feel scared about it just on a personal level. I just think I, that's the mm. last thing I need. And it's the last thing an enormous number of people I've spoken to and know need. But yeah. just on a broader level, I feel angry that so little education has gone into that decision by yeah. the government. Because it, I don't know who they could have possibly have spoken to that would advise would have who could possibly have advised that because there's no evidence that that calorie counting works as a diet and all and there's a mass of evidence I can absolutely mm. see of it that it has a detrimental impact on people's mental health and makes them a little bit obsessed with calories and with food in a way that's not does not not making anybody healthier yeah. and, and even if their objective is just to simply go no 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 we just want everyone to be thinner which is fucking grim in itself it doesn't take into account Mm. anything to do with actual health it's so basic um even then it just doesn't work so it blows my mind that it's being pushed through with such passion it it really blows my mind oh yeah as many of us i I think you can keep piping up about that um because it's so misguided it's just so misguided it's not going to work it's not going to be good for the catering industry it's going to ruin your meal out isn't it even if you how could it possibly not ruin so many people yeah even people who don't have a problem yeah it's the death of fun yeah no it's it's (laughs) i feel like people who yeah exactly you go out for a meal and you don't want to know that sort of thing you want to just sit there enjoy if you choose whatever you want on the menu that you can eat the last thing you want is for you know the person across the table to go oh did you know your your meals this amount of calories or this oh you're having a big meal today are you you know you don't want people to be talking like that and you know it's going to happen you go out with grandma and granddad they're going to start saying some weird old things and just being very blunt about it and it's just going to be a nightmare you know what I mean 100% 100% yeah well I share that worry with you and fingers crossed we can keep campaigning our tits off to have that not happen yes um, I would find it, hopefully, it'd be uh, my point of view, if anybody's listening who runs a restaurant is, uh, or indeed, if you're writing cookbooks and they're going to ask you to put that information there, I think, ultimately, they, how can they possibly enforce it? If everybody refuses to do it, they can get mm. fucked. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A weird-looking sort of new star 
floats up and bursts. It's a starburst and it covers the planet in molten strawberry flavoured sugar lava. At first, everyone's excited because it smells delicious, but then they realise that we're all going to get melted into a really painful death. (laughs) Okay, luckily though, it's agreed to go back to never having existed, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Becky, make Mm -hmm. a continuous snow angel, you have to go somewhere cold with the snow, (laughs) until you've accidentally angel-armed and legs burrowed your way down to the core of the earth all whilst singing at the time of recording football might be coming home again and again and again for the whole time the whole time you're angeling that's what you're singing it sounds impossible but you do it you're a hero yay your award in reality is the adulation of all people for all time you're the you're like an international treasure you are everybody <laughs> can't get enough of you your award in the moment and bear in mind you're starving because that snow angel was really hard and took ages and you didn't have time for any snacks yeah. it's the feast of your dreams it's the opposite of a last meal in the sense that um you're the happiest you could possibly be and you're the hungriest you could possibly be and this is a fantasy uh-huh. so i don't give a shit nothing nothing you answer has to be possible let yeah. alone i couldn't care less about the sort of environmental impact, anything, I, none of that, health, get get fucked, none of that. I just want to know, yeah, in yeah. a fantasy, if you were ha- so happy and so hungry, what would you eat? What would you drink? And if there is a who, with and where, you're so welcome to have a who, with and where. Okay, right. I'll start with drinks. Lovely. Cocktails. Endless Lovely. cocktails. I'm a, I'm a big Long Island iced tea fan. Oh. Love a Long Island iced tea. It's, it's the, the best of all the cocktails. But yeah, I'd probably have a whole fish bowl worth of that. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Um, then I guess starters wise, uh, I think the best starter I've ever had was in Rome. I had these like fried mini pizzas mm. that were just, they were like pizza dough fried and then topped with loads of like sort of spicy tomato sauce. Ooh, I, I don't know what they're called, but I'd have them. Anything yeah. fried like that. that yeah. Um, mm. And then main... I think I'd have to go for something where you could have a proper like banquet. So yes. I couldn't just have one plate of food. I'd probably no. go for, oh, it's either Indian or Chinese. I'd probably, or maybe well, I'd just get a bit of both. It's a yeah, fantasy. Have a, have a little oh, bit of both. Have your favourite bits of both. Um, like, what are they? The big buffets, the world food yeah. buffets. I'll pretty <laughs> yeah. much have a world, world food buffet in front oh, of nice. me. So I'll have like all the uh, spring rolls and onion bhajis and mm. all the, basically all the things that I can't eat. Yeah. I would just have in front of me and eat every last bite and not care. <laughs> um, so I'd have that. And then dessert, I'd probably just go really boring and have something like apple crumble and custard because that's just Gosh. the best thing in the world. I freaking love an apple so crumble. And it has to be like proper, no, proper thick custard, like a, mm. a, the one that you get in the supermarket that's like um, in the, the fresh custard section, like yeah. extra special custard. I'd have that. Like clotted Enough. cream custard. So, are you having that custard cold with the hot crumble? Oh, I love cold custard. I'd Me have it too. cold. Yeah. Yes, you have a, you have, no you one have ever the hot says that. And the cold. Yes. Hot, the hot exactly. and cold together is just the best balance in the whole entire world. I believe um, you've said the right answer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Everyone always says hot custard, and I think no. you're wrong. You're it goes wrong. All, Your crumble's it goes all not thin hot enough. And just, it's yeah. just not the same. You know, I want it all no. gloopy and cold. Thank you. Um, so, and then in terms of where i think i would love to be somewhere like where i can people watch so i could just sit there maybe but people can't see me because this is this is fantasy right so i could just sit in the middle of times square on a little chair on a table 
and and watch everyone around me, but they can't see me scoff in my face. I think that nice. would be quite nice. Yeah. Oh, lovely! I like that. You've got yeah, quite that... quite black mirror on them on the yeah, new with and where, and I really like that. Lovely. No uh, one's ever said that before. Have they not? I can see them, but they can't see me. That's glorious. <laughs> I love it. I don't really want the custard around my mouth, like being No, cheap, I know. Yeah, and, you know and, I mean? and, and if I was joining you, it would probably be all in my gusset along with the coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing That's this. Right. It's been lovely. Well, thank you thank for having me. Pleasure. And thank you for the book. And I can't wait to read the next one. Awesome. What an absolutely banging guest. Yes, please. Thank you for talking to me, Becky. You should follow her, please. Get on Instagram, BeckyXL, E-X-C-E-L-L. And you can use her name to search for her books. Um, She has a website with blogs and recipes on and links to um, quickly um, pre-ordering her book. It's glutenfreecuppatea.co.uk. How to bake anything gluten-free comes out in September, but you can obviously pre-order it now, every other sausage is. Her first book, How to Make Anything Gluten-Free, that my muffins came from, so I can genuinely vouch, is utterly brilliant, um, is also available to buy from all the normal places where you'd buy a book. My cousin's boyfriend, incidentally, has just been diagnosed with a serious gluten intolerance, and I'm wanging um, them a copy as I speak. Not literally as I speak, but in a minute. If you've got spare cash, get it over to one of the best charities for people with eating disorders I've ever known of, BEAT. Equally, um, if um, BEAT, the, the, this amazing charity, are going to be the recipient of half the proceeds from my next big live show, which is actually tomorrow. Come! It's not too late. Five o'clock, Soho, Underbelly Festival, Hoovering Live. Um, loads of the wedge from it from your tickets is going to go over to that charity beat and the guests are joe brand and jay rayner and you could be in the audience the resulting podcast i am purposefully not putting out for ages because so it makes it extra special and exclusive for the people who are actually there come and see hench if you like it is going on tour from the end of july through to the 10th of august also you can come and see a half hour special version of it for radio 4 get recorded in greenwich in south london on the 28th of july for free um links to all the things i just spoke about including to everything of interest that we mentioned throughout the podcast as ever are in the podcast notes wherever you got this podcast from Feel free to support the podcast with lovely five-star reviews, with recommendations out loud, or with actual money on Patreon. Follow us on the Instagram and on Twitter. It's at the Hoovering Pod. I'm on there too, at Jessica Fosterkew. You can email me if you've got anything longer than a tweet to send me through my website, jessicafosterkew.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.